93.3 KXNO. The PSAs you hear on Milk Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Ken Miller. Trent Condon. Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. All right, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Miller and Condon on a Wednesday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. It's Trent Condon and Ken Miller for the next couple of hours to talk sports with you. Thanks for spending some of the morning here with us. BMW Des Moines guest list. Well, we are going, we got you covered. We're going to go to all the surrounding major league cities, surrounding our fine central Iowa location here. Uh, we'll head north, first of all. John Shipley from the St. Paul Pioneer Press. We'll come back to Des Moines at 1045. It is the time of year, right? That, uh, looking for some different sports angles. Yeah, we probably could come up with a Mount Rushmore. <laughs> right. But I'm not sure how many are left. So we came up upon the, uh, the idea to, you know, to, to introduce some of the local people that you maybe read, you may hear, you may see on Twitter, but you don't know too much about. Yesterday was Alex Cohen. Today it's going to be Alyssa Hurdle from the Des Moines Register, who has, I think, done a really good job mm-hmm. and really difficult. Um, job she was thrust into. I mean, I don't know if she had a, I don't think she did, had a recruiting background. And I would think, Trent, you help me out more than this. I mean, you're not into it mm-hmm. like some are. I used to be. Right. But developing a, a Rolodex of contacts, I would think would be, you know, for something in the recruiting world you would want to do very quickly. Mm-hmm. And just to be thrown into it without, you know, being from here. Uh, and she's done a remarkable job. So I'm anxious to talk to Alyssa Hurdle from the Des Moines Register. She covers recruiting. Um, and obviously she's been very busy with the Hawks and the clones and the halls that they've had uh, over the month of June. So Minneapolis, back to Des Moines. Then we'll head south to Kansas, to Kansas City and excited to talk to Blair Kirkhoff, who had a little bit, no, not a little bit of a health scare. He had a health scare. Um, and he's been, uh, he's back at it again. Uh, of course, Kansas City star covered the written for the star for so many years, covers the Big 12, the Royals, the Chiefs, dot, dot, dot. Blair Kirkhoff at 11.05 before we head east uh, to Chicago, and David Kaplan in his uh, spot at 11.30. Cap's um, um, experiencing COVID right now. Oh, is he? Yeah, he put it on his recap last night uh, that he's come down with COVID, so he's off his radio show, uh, but he's going to join us from his home about 11.30 as we'll catch up with the Capman Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors. So if you're a Minnesota sports fan, I pity you, uh, if you're a Kansas City sports fan, Chicago sports fan, and here uh, localizing with Alyssa Hurdle at 10.45. Trent's play the day, sponsored by Circus Sports before we get out of here just before noon how are you i'm doing well i want to start in a weird spot fire away so it's baseball season mm-hmm. i mean that's what we have in we're grasping at straws at times we're looking for different avenues and you can see that with the guest list today mm-hmm. we're hit a little bit of everything so yesterday afternoon get settled in had a meeting over a beer with the client those and, are good meetings oh, aren't they they're my favorites <laughs> they're absolutely my favorites and settled in and at the sports bar what do they have on well, they have first the Twins, as I watch mm-hmm. Emilio Pagan. Oh, you saw game one? Blow the lead. Uh-huh. Then on the other TV, 
Serena Williams is playing. Catches my eye a little bit, and we're talking about it, and going on and on and on, and you know what I need to do? Oh, no, you didn't. I need the live bet. (laughs) (laughs) So what do I do? I get out the app, and sure enough, there I see, because Serena was struggling. And I really got captivated by it. It was really intriguing to watch because of Serena Williams, right? Mm-hmm. There's not many athletes in tennis today that can do that. Nadal to a certain level. Trent, I'm not even sure I have one. But there's just not many like uh-huh. that anymore. Because and, in its heyday in the 70s and um, eight, early 80s, there were those players. Oh, absolutely. When Agassi was on, you were there. Pete mm-hmm. Sampras, even with no personality. Jimmy you Connors, Martina Navratilova, Chris Everett, uh, Bjorn Borg. It was a John huge McEnroe. sport. It was huge. Massive. And now... Maybe think- Jimmy Connors had... Uh, endorsements. Oh, absolutely. Remember, they, yes. did he have a headache pill, an aspirin, or yes, an ibuprofen yeah. or something? Yes, he did. For a long time. Uh-huh. After he made that great run late in his career at the U.S. Late Open. Late in his career. That's what it was. Yes. It had to be ibuprofen for us. The old You're guys. getting older. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, right, right. It was a big deal. And tennis anymore just doesn't. Yeah. It, it's not at the same level. But I was into it. Sampras. I was into it because of that. Mm-hmm. Because it was Serena, more than anything. And watching her. And she was gassed. She hasn't played in a year. And though, yes, you work out. The match was over three hours. I said, I got to take a live shot here at this pan. The <laughs> lady that uh, immigrated to France, and she's 24. She's ranked 120th in the world, something like that. Look, it's, she's never going to be an elite star by any means, but she was playing well. The returns were fun. It, it was just intriguing, but I had to fire at 7-1, to one and I got a winner out of it as Serena went <laughs> so down. So Serena went down, huh? She went down okay. yesterday. Yeah. You know, what's you know who really like this show? Jimmy B. Jimmy B, right. <laughs> What's surprising to me, though, is every once in a while, and you know, I don't bring up tennis to you often. I enjoy the sport. Mm-hmm. I flip it on from time to time. I like watching it when there's stars that I know. But you are somebody that loves pure sport. Mm-hmm. You're somebody that loves competition. Yep. And you have absolutely no interest. Now, if they were playing in my backyard, i draw the blinds. You are somebody that gets home. You're doing your work with your consulting job. Mm-hmm. You are working in the afternoon, but you have the TV on. Mm-hmm, most of the time, yeah. And if there's a sporting event on, you have it on. And it's surprising to me that you don't gravitate over to yeah. having Wimbledon on in the background. I right? didn't even know, honestly, I didn't even know it started. No, and that's, it's just wild to me knowing you and knowing your personality and your love of sport. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter really what sport it is. You can get into a lot of different things. Not tennis, apparently. That tennis <laughs> is just not one of those ones. So yeah. I said we were going to start in a weird spot today, yeah. Tia. But that is just something that kind of got me also triggered thinking about you and, and your goofy mind. Is mm. that as much as you love competition, that tennis just doesn't doesn't do it for move you. my needle. Now there was a time it would have, yeah. as we just mentioned, there was mm-hmm. a major time. So what is it about that? It's just lack of developing, because these people these these are accomplished players mm-hmm. in, in a, a lot of them, right? I don't know what it is. It's just uh, maybe you know so many other things, right? That something has to give. Yeah. But well, well done on your play. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Seven you. to one in a tennis match you got. Yeah, she was That's down. A huge price for. Her. It was right after she broke Serena, got back to I think at the time it was like four three. She was down four two at the time, and then broke her, made a four three, got the serve four four, went to a tiebreaker. Serena also, so it's a race to ten now is the tiebreaker they had at Wimbledon. You remember that match years no. ago with, uh, was it Isner, the, the big serving guy? Nobody could break it, the other one. It just serves back and forth and it went forever. So they changed it. It's just a race to 10. Serena gets out 4 nothing. It's over, right? You think. And what happens? She gives up five straight points back and forth, and I think 10-7 ended up being the final in the tiebreaker. But it really was. It was riveting. It was something different. <laughs> and... And it's kind of got me back into Wimbledon. I and what, you, where are you watching it? I mean, what channel are you watching it on? It was on ESPN. Was it? 
And uh, I was listening on the way in this morning to Tony Kornheiser's podcast, and he opened a show talking about they went live yesterday on PTI, something that they rarely do anymore. But because they had to wait for the match to finish up, they had to go live because they didn't know how much time they were going to have, those kind of things. And Mm -hmm. I think it was really cool to kind of hear his perspective on that, something that he's not used to much anymore because they don't have to do that. They pretty much tape PTI every single day at about, I think it's about 3 o'clock our time. Uh, That that thing's done and in the can. About an hour before it airs is when they normally And they get that done. But I'm into Wimbledon now. Are you? Yeah, I'm I'm into it at least a little bit more. You didn't convince me. I I don't think I'm I'm, I'm with you there yet. Now, there is is an event coming up across the pond that I will be into uh, in a couple of weeks as we get closer and closer to the British Open. Got one more thing. We'll talk a little baseball here, of course. We'll talk about everything going on in MLB. But as we get ready for the golf weekend, of course, we have our PGA event mm-hmm. in the Quad and I feel Cities. awful for it, Trent, because Liv is going to, I think, steal the headlines because it's, it's in the country. Right. That's It's so much different, I think, than even in London. And they are going head-to-head. You're not mm-hmm. going to be able to flip on your TV. you got to go to your computer, right. to your phone to watch it and stream it that way. But now that it is stateside... What kind of buzz is there going to be? Because the field this week at the John Deere Classic, and I feel terrible for those people over there. No I haven't even have looked. Been... Is it brutal? It's as bad as I've seen. Really? It, it is as bad of a golf event, PGA golf event, that doesn't have a major write-up butted against uh-huh. it, which John Deere used to have. Right, yeah. They used to get on a plane and go across the pond. But there were some guys. Here's your betting favorite. Daniel Berger is the betting favorite. Webb Simpson. Adam Hadwin. There's a countryman for you. A Good fine God. Canadian. Yeah. Uh, Thigala, who collapsed last week, he's the third choice. Charles Howell. After that, though, those are top five, at least guys you've heard of. Mm-hmm. Here's choices Periphery. six through ten in the betting market. McCarthy, kid that had a decent U.S. Open. You saw him bump, bumping around a little bit. Maverick McNeely, Patrick Rogers, Brendan Todd, and Nick Hardy. My God. Is Zach even playing? He is. He's a long shot. Mm-hmm. Now, at least get, he's going to be there. You can get him at some betting shops around 90 to 100 to 1. At Circa, you can get him 125 to huh. 1. Hey, did I throw two bucks on him? I sure did. Of course you did. Um, I did see that one of the operators in the country has live odds. They do. Yes. Um, Caesars, maybe? Okay. I, I looked saw at DraftKings. I didn't see it there. I looked at Circa. I didn't see it there. Right. Interesting. Yeah, and we, we've got Mike Palm on our TV show later on on Mediacom, and I looked for that very reason mm-hmm. to see if we would bring that up with him, and I didn't see that they had uh, they had offered it. Trent, what, uh, where I want to go, since we're on this path, before we um, you know get uh, get the baseball. Welcome to late June, Sports Radio in Des Moines. Yeah, but you know what? We, we, um, we've seen a couple of significant wins right when it's when it's combining in this case three teams that would go on to capture their respective championships i'm starting to really like this play cuz mm-hmm. you know as, as much as i don't like betting individual games right. there's really no payout for doing it right mm-hmm. you got to grind away to get above yeah you double your money mm-hmm. i want to just like me i won't bet a I, I seldom, I shouldn't say I won't, sometimes you just have to open wide and small, swallow your medicine. Um, when I bet horses, I try to find long shots and, and try and win two races a day and because I know that they're going to pay well if, if they win and mm-hmm. I'll come out ahead. So that's why I like to pay, play futures because you're going to get paid if you identify the winner, right? So we saw a, um, a significant, some, some guy got a $500 free bet at FanDuel mm-hmm. and put three teams to win their respective championships together. He had Golden State, or she, Golden State, 
Colorado, and what was the other one? Was it Georgia, maybe? I can't remember the third offhand, but, but yeah. But won 200 and... It was free bet. Mm-hmm. Free money. Doesn't cost you anything. He was given a $500 free bet. He uh, he came up with the three teams. I got the Rams were the third. The Rams were the third yeah. to win championships. And he cashed $269,000. So 8.30 rolls around. Uh-huh. Okay. Right? And I'm flush with cash uh-huh. in my account. You got all that Colorado money. The Colorado money has hit the bank, hit the account. So I'm trying to go down this road. I sent you one of these on Friday afternoon. You did. And it got me thinking last night. Um, you know what? This is a good idea. It seemed like it at the time. Yeah. So I put three together. Come up with the put three championship teams together. Well, this is the one that I did on Friday when I sent it to you because we've seen this now two weeks in a row. Somebody mm-hmm. that has hit this. It was uh, two weeks ago. It was the parlay that closed with the Warriors. They had Georgia. They had Kansas. And they had the Rams along with uh, ultimately the Warriors. And that one, I think that was a $50 bet that paid out something like, or no, it was a $10 bet. That's what it paid the 10, huge, yeah. And it paid So I was looking for something similar. I made a $10 bet, and I got this. The Astros at 6-1. to I've got them, too. The Ravens at Mm 22-1. And the North Carolina Tar Heels in College Hoops at 11-1. That $10 bet. That's a good one. $10 pays $19,320. I love it. Why not? Right. And if the Astros Mm -hmm. are out of October, guess what? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll fire right back, and I'll come up with one with college football. Because those are the those that you bet a little to make a lot, make right? a ton, right? And I had a couple of the man. I had Gonzaga on a bunch of tickets, mm-hmm. and of course they went down in flames. And I'll never bet them again. And I still yeah, am right. hoping that <laughs> I'm still hoping that one of these operators comes up with a a method. To, if I press Gonzaga and go to bet, bet that my phone shocks me. <laughs> You know, like those, uh, those. I don't know the legal sense. I don't of think being you probably could do, that. do no, that, but no. just something that doesn't allow me to bet those godforsaken zags. I do it every year. I think I've learned my lesson. So I came up with Alabama. Of course. I mean, that seems like I'm not a free square, but I'm with you on the Astros. Mm-hmm. I'm with you on the Astros. I think that they're a dark horse with the ch- and they're not a huge price. Six to one. Six to one's not a big price, and they. Though the series was split two two with the Yankees mm-hmm. over the weekend, they dominated. They that series. did. They absolutely did. So I'm with you. I, I love the Astros uh-huh. one. Feeling good about that. And my third choice, I went for an NFL team as well. And uh-huh. I'm all over this team. And I've been all over this team since well, since the Rams won the Super Bowl. I think I think the uh, Lombardi Trophy staying in L.A., but just going to the other venue. What would you get the Chargers at? 14 to 1. Not a great price. Not a great price. So did you do $10? 10 like, by, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a big price. It was $2,700. 12, I mean... Yeah, twenty seven hundred dollars. We have mm-hmm. no big deal, right? Right. But I'm going to do a couple more. Yeah, they're fun. I, they are fun. This is something that it's kind of a new avenue, mm-hmm. something that's created a little bit of buzz in the gambling space, and it's a lottery ticket. Now, kind of, but it's not. You get to pick your. You know, yeah, I can bet four, seventeen, twenty-seven, but yeah. right, the, the uh, numbers that mean something to you. But you can put a little thought into it. And I think the Chargers have a really good chance. I I want to uh, play this avenue. So let's say we get. And I, I hit my first two legs. I get the Astros. I get the Ravens. Then you start hedging. I got North Carolina to win mm-hmm. a one-and-done basketball tournament. Right. When do you start hedging? And there's also the cash-out option that's out there a lot. And both of these betters that we talked about, Turn down was one of those places options. yeah, that had those, and they turned them down mm-hmm. and just let it ride. Yep. What's that price? If I got $19,000 Half of plus, it? Probably. 
before the NCAA tournament, they offered me nine thousand. Say uh-huh. of the nineteen thousand, uh-huh. I think I have to say Ravens. Yes. The Ravens have won. Astros have won because got... it's a one and done tournament. Yep. And, and how many different teams you have to cover to hedge? Now, if you wait, it gets deeper. That's a different mm-hmm. conversation. But in the beginning of a sixty to eighteen tournament, well, you certainly have tough. to get them through the first weekend before you do anything. I would think for you, you have the Astros, the Alabama. Chargers, and Alabama. Yep. So it would come down to. The Chargers. Now, that would be different, right? Because you'd be a little bit deeper. Different, you're talking about a 14-team bracket as opposed to a 68-team mm-hmm. bracket. Oh, boy, this is going to be fun. Let's just have one of these lottery tickets stay alive. Right. Get a little bit deeper. Give us something to talk about. Give us just that that hope. Isn't that what a lottery ticket is? When yes. you go in and buy your Powerball ticket, you're just that thought. What if? What if? And, and you can do a little do what you, if do here. You buy, do you play, by the way? I do every every draw. Every draw. No, after once it gets to a hundred million, because that, ninety million. I mean, come on, right? I mean, that's just walking around walking, money. Walking around money, indeed. All right, that that's cool. Um, we're kind of on the same path with the Astros. I think that they can win. So, yeah, Twins last night uh, and the Guardians. Trent, this is starting to shape up as a pretty darn good race. Mm-hmm. And, and the White Sox, for whatever reason, to me, two steps forward, three steps back. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the way that they've been. Well, a huge opportunity that they had this week, too, with the Guardians and Twins playing eight games against each other, beating on each other. Mm -hmm. Say they go four and four against each other. Well, we can make up ground. And until last night, the White Sox just weren't able to do it. And they got another good performance out of Cueto. They were good on that front. But this White Sox team, it it continues to feel like one of those years of hell that we continue to hear about where you got injuries, you got different things that continue to crop up with them. When they're healthy, they're the most talented team in the division. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but they haven't been healthy. Oh, the Twins are a pretty good, pretty good roster. It's a really good lineup. It is a really good when lineup. When they're right. Watching Arise, mm-hmm. what he can do with the bat, the Polanco bat control. back in the lineup? I mean... 20th home run for Buxton mm-hmm. last when, night. Went in ninth inning, right? Yeah. I didn't see it. I, I dipped out by then. Jose Miranda, who is one of their top prospects, mm-hmm. he's been starting to hit the ball after his second call-up this year. Offensively, they're really good, and... They got to figure out the bullpen though, because again, yesterday in Game One, it was Emiliano Pagan who gave up his third lead in a week That's to That's the bizarre. Cleveland Guardians. That's bizarre. Third time in a week. I mean, he's it's given even up the it's lead. even worse, right? When when you consider who's given up the the, the team that they're uh, that's chasing them uh, is the team that he's you know what down his leg. And if you had Rogers in the back end of that bullpen as opposed yeah. to Pagan, because that's all they got. Right. I mean, after the injury that was sustained uh, by uh, why can't I think of his name? The, the big guy, uh, big right here, Paddock, Chris Paddock. After he went down, he's mm-hmm. got Tommy John surgery. He traded mm. the guy that, at least for a while, was leading the National League in saves for Emilio Pagan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a good one right now. Uh, watched some Cubs last night. Uh, Keegan Thompson, you, you know what? He's a keeper. Yes. Uh, he's a keeper. He Struck could be out a if you didn't watch the game last night, you would have thought he got rocked, right? Um, Rowan Wick came in, uh, followed him in. I think it wasn't, it wasn't the first pitch, but it was first or second or third pitch of the game. Promptly gave up a three-run home run, and two of those runs obviously charged to Keegan Thompson. But he's a piece that you can keep on that roster. Nico Horner, I think, has got to stay with this team. I hope he stays with this team. Um, Look, he's he's never going to. He's just a solid baseball player, is what he is. Or I think he's got a chance to develop into that. A kid that's uh, you know that's going to flirt with 
I don't know, 300 maybe, maybe 280, 290 type of, uh, type of batting average. Play okay defensively, can play all over the infield uh, if, if he's needed to do so. But he's one of these young guys. He was a first-round pick, right? Yeah, he was. He yeah. was the first-round pick uh, a handful of years ago. Um, so they got something there, but they got something in Keegan Thompson. But you know, Cincinnati got him yesterday. And, and Luis Castillo, who started for the Reds, I mean... He, the Reds are going to break the bank because there's not a, a a huge pool of starting pitching is going to be available uh, at the trade deadline. But Castillo's got to be one of those guys. He struck out seven Cubs at one point in a row on his way to 11 Ks. Why did he throw 123 pitches? Well, and, and did, that's just that was the knock on him last night. He I, threw a ton of pitches in what six innings. But why are the Reds throwing him 123 pitches? Either. You're giving him a contract, you're going long-term, and you're going to buy in, or he is a huge trade asset. Mm-hmm. Why are you rolling him yeah. out there? For and rolling the dice for right. the buck 23 if indeed you're going to make him available. I saw that at the end as he was getting pulled. 123 pitches, what are they doing out mm-hmm. there? It just absolutely made no sense for an organization that has a big, big real build in front of him. This is a chip. This is something that mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to do one way or the other, a positive for your organization, and he's out there going out into the seventh inning, and mm. I didn't get that one bit. Uh, two of the best teams in the uh, in the National League, the Braves and the and the Dodgers. We know they met last week. Did you hear? Kershaw's not too happy with his first baseman, Freddie Freeman. There's a little schism developing in the locker room, and I guess they they finally hashed it out. But it seems like a number of the Dodgers. Um, are a little bit PO'd with their new first baseman and the fact like, you know, we kind of feel like we're second fiddle here. Mm. You're playing for us now. You're no longer a Brave. And, you know, he, he sat in front of the media, Freddie Freeman did when he went back to Atlanta, and it was very emotional. And, you know, he wanted to he wanted to retire a Brave. I get that. Um, but seemingly some of the, the Dodgers noticed, you know, we kind of, we're your teammates now. You're no longer a brave, Freddie. You decided to turn down that contract, and you decided to come home and play in front of your family where you grew up. Uh, act like it. And Kershaw was—I um, mean, he was the one that came forward. And of course, there's a bunch of guys on that roster that that could do that. But he's a veteran presence, obviously. And um, they had Freddie Freeman and Clayton Kershaw had to get together behind closed doors and discuss the comments that were made. I'm happy to see, though, that they actually talked about it behind closed doors and that it turned into that. Two men having a conversation. Right. Because how many fights are we seeing? And, and with what's happening right now, NBA free agency, it drives me nuts. Yeah. I, I just, the back and forth mm-hmm. and the Kyrie comments, I just, I can't get into it. It's just this manipulation of the media, manipulation with your agents. I, I hate that part of it. Two guys that had a beef and they talked it out. Right. Isn't that the way it's supposed yeah, to be? you think, right? You, you would, would be hopeful that mm-hmm. that's the way it is. Unfortunately, uh, that's not the case always. Nope, you're right. Speaking of NBA, Monte Morris on the move, huh? Yeah, going to Washington. So he leaves name, name three Wizards. I don't think I could. Uh, let's Beal, see. Beal. There's one. Porzingis. Oh, that's two. I'm done. Monte Morris. Monte <laughs> You got the third now after the trade here today as he goes to Washington. Beal still is there, right? Yeah. Yeah. As of now. Okay, and he's one that is rumored might be. I will I, be on the I move. couldn't name. I can't name anybody else on that team. Uh, let's see, Michael Jordan. I think he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, yeah, I'm really struggling. It's 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 tough, right? Chris Webber. No, no, no longer there. He's there longer no. there either. Oh my God! What that's purgatory in the NBA. It is. That, that's that's not good. John Wall's not there anymore. John Wall is not there anymore. He's a Clipper. Hmm. 
Well, anyways, over under fifty games for John Wall this year. I'll take the under. Yeah, you'll win. I'll take the under. Um, what what does that mean for Monte Morris's career? Well, more playing time. More playing time, absolutely. Oh, Johnny Davis. You know what? There's one because oh, he was yeah. just drafted. Just, just drafted. Right. That's good. You got deeper than I would have <laughs> in that front for Monte individually. It's a good thing. He's going to mm-hmm. play more. He's going to have an he's opportunity. Leaving a contender, a team that I think they got a chance. They do have a chance. I mean, look at what they were able to do with Joker and this they year. Had one guy. And now you got Jamal Murray coming back. They've made a couple of moves. Can you get a healthy Porter, Porter season? Yeah, it, it feels like the pieces were there. I love Monte Morris as an NBA point guard. Mm-hmm. I talked about it during the finals. I like him as a person, too, for what he did for no his hometown of Flint. No doubt about it. A good person mm-hmm. on top of it. If you go there and he puts together a couple of solid seasons, and I don't know offhand what his contract situation is, and what kind of deal is still in front of him? Mm-hmm. What kind of deal if he puts up you know, 17 and eight a game. Didn't put he sign for like 20-something million yep, for that a couple right. years, I think? Yeah, it was like a four-year, something like that. Yeah, He is, I thought, a perfect fit for a team like the Celtics. They need a, a pure you backup. You said that after the season. I yeah. remember that. A pure yeah. backup yeah. point guard. A guy that goes in there, Marcus Smart's making dumb turnovers. You have a real guy, a real backup point guard. I, I think he would have been a perfect fit in something like that. Mm-hmm. And go put up your numbers. Be the good teammate that you are, yep. and maybe there's one more big contract in front of them. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll see. Uh, the other news, local news, I guess, NBA-wise, Luka Garza being released by the Pistons. I think he's going to get another chance. I'm not saying he's going to make another roster. Uh, I think he's going to get another chance to do that, whether he you know, ends up in the G League or he doesn't end up in the G League. I think he's going to get another chance. I don't think we've seen the last uh, of Luca Garza uh, in the NBA. Is it going to be an uphill climb for him? Yeah, probably so. But uh, we knew it was when he was coming out of college, right? Uh, that he was going to, that, that he's got his challenges. But um, I, I think he'll have. Don't you think he'll get another chance? Oh, absolutely. And I'm going to guess there's going to be a lot of opportunities in the summer yeah. league. He goes out there. We know he can score. Summer league's a good spot for mm-hmm. Luca. He's going to put numbers up, and is there somebody out there willing to give him another guarantee? I, I bet year? there is. I think so, too. Uh, real quick, and then we'll head to Minneapolis. John Shipley's going to join us, St. Paul Pioneer Press. Jake, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Doing fine. Well, I lied. Not good. I'm a Iowa State and Nuggets fan. Ooh. Uh, yeah. Sad morning letting go of what they called Mr. Nugget, but <laughs> um, Will Barton was also probably the biggest thing between the Nuggets and a championship, so getting rid of him is... By far a plus, plus positive. But he's had his nights, though, right? Isn't he? Was isn't he uh, the kid on the Russ is really streaky? Yeah. So he, the way I would describe him, he's good for regular season stability. Okay. But he will lose one or two games each postseason just <laughs> off of decision making, um, lackadaisical yep. rebounding defense. So it it sucks, but. They pretty much had to get rid of Monte in order to get a player like KCP, who's actually a really good piece on a contender. Yeah, I agree with that. Is that right? Yeah. Well, Jake, thanks for the call. I appreciate condolences uh, uh, to you as far as uh, Monte Morris leaving the Nuggets. That's your a NBA yeah. team. All right, we will bounce around. As mentioned, we're going to head to Minneapolis, and we're going to come back to Des Moines before we head to Kansas City and then make our way down to Chicago. But right now... Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. 
Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. It's time for another $1,000 home run. Go to KXNO.com. Once you get there, enter the keyword GRAND. Grand at KXNO.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Another chance to win $1,000 coming up in about an hour. John Shipley, St. Paul Pioneer Press, Minnesota Sports. Next, uh, Alyssa Hurdle coming up as well from uh, the Des Moines Register, Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3. John, your side. Now back to Miller & Condon on 106.3 KXNO. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, Miller Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO with you here uh, until noon. A couple of farmers markets today. Waukee Farmers Market from 4 until 7. Uh, that at the Downtown Triangle and Bondurant tonight. Bondurant City Park from 6 until 8. So Wednesdays, Waukee and Bondurant, Nick Mick, NCMIC, makes those announcements possible. Well, looks like we'll have to reschedule John Shipley, but still, I was going to, I'll pose the question to you. I was going to ask John. Uh, Minnesota, of course, Minneapolis is uh, has all four of the major teams, plus a college football, basketball team, etc. Which of those teams is closer to a championship? A championship. A championship. Not winning a playoff series. No. Nope. A, a real championship. To, winning a ch- to having a parade. We have the Twins that have lost 18 straight playoff games. So you're eliminating them? You have the Wild who have lost seven straight in the first round. Uh-huh. You have the Vikings who have never won a Super Bowl and haven't the been there Ray, since the 70s. Number 12 is still in the division. And you have the Timberwolves who have made the playoffs twice in the last two decades. I think their arrow's pointing up. Talk about futility. I, Good but I, God. Okay, so you have That's to answer brutal. the question. I, I hear Washington, D.C. fans, another one that has four professional sports complain. That's nothing compared to The Capitals to the, just had a, they won right. a Stanley Cup. It's just, it's not even close. The Nationals won a World Series. Right, not too long ago. It's unbelievable. You look around places Washington that have Washington is bitching that they have... Well, it was kind of before that run, but still even that, even their ineptitude is nothing compared to Minnesota. Right. So on the surface, the Twins are good, but come on. The Yankees. Right. Yeah. And the Astros. And the Astros. And the Red Sox or the Blue Jays, they seem in a playoff series. I'm not feeling real confident, certainly with the bullpen that's currently constructed. Eliminate them. Cross them off. Yep. Timberwolves still too early. Ah, uh, a championship. I mean, they know they, they need gotta another. come out of the West, and they need another star. I mean, Anthony Edwards can become that guy. Mm-hmm. Who's the compliment? And who well, are you getting to, to go there? Cat, but he was in foul trouble the entire playoffs. You know the way the NBA goes. There's only five or six cities that people are willing to go mm-hmm. to. Some of those top level stars. Trust me, I root for a team that falls <laughs> into that category. You have the Vikings. They're in a rebuild. New coaching staff. They can get there as the NFL. We just saw Cincinnati playing a Super Bowl. Yep. I mean, it can happen very quickly yep. in the NFL. Yep. But they're a ways away, I think, mm-hmm. from getting to certainly that level. And that leaves the Wild. And you have to help me out more here. I can't, Trent, because they're in the wrong division. They're in the division with the Colorado Avalanche. Which we talked about yesterday. A budding potential Absolutely. dynasty. Darcy Kemper, by the way, the goalie, their goalie, um, I've been pretty critical about. Yes, he, apparently he had to go see an optometrist to retrain one of his eyes two or three times a day. But okay. this goes back to an injury, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. So 
I still think the answer is the Wild, as crazy as that seems. Because you they, came in here after the trade deadline saying this is a Stanley Cup-level team. Yes, and, and well, I especially like them at 20-something to one. Right. Right, chance at a price. Um, blues are good. Mm-hmm. Wild and they have their problem with the good. The Blues are not a good yes, matchup for them. They're not. And the way it's structured in the playoffs, they can see the Blues mm-hmm. are uh, Blackhawks are still down. Mm-hmm. Coyotes are still down. Hate to say it, Jets are going through a rebuild again. Nashville. Nashville's okay. Uh, okay. Dallas is good. Yeah. But Colorado resides there. And then if they get past them, then they got to pace, go up against um, McJesus and company, as they call him, Connor McDavid. Calgary's Arrow's Calgary's good, uh, for sure. And then you get by a team like that. I think the answer is the Wild. The Wild. I think it's the Wild. It's a difficult path, but they can do it. And. They're going to have Marc-Andre Fleury coming back. Apparently. Apparently so. So mm-hmm. you have a goalie that you're confident mm-hmm. in that can have one of those hot yeah, runs. Yeah, they like and, Cam Talbot, too. They like, they've got two good goalies. Two good goalies, star power. Yep, Kirill Kaprizov Kaprizov's is a top 10 player. I mean, he is by far the best guy that I've seen. I don't watch him night in and night out, but I flip it on. I've never seen a player like that in a consistent yes. basis. Yes. Now, I don't have the same basis, obviously, hockey knowledge and watching mm-hmm. as you, but... It's just different. Watching a guy like that as much as I have, yep. you can tell, oh, this yeah, is If there what was a higher is. league, he would be in it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> if they had an all-star mm-hmm. league, he'd make the cut. Yep. That's how good he is. All right, take the wild out of the equation. Who would be the second choice for you to I win guess a championship? The, the Vikings, because, the, the, because it, there's parity in the league. Yeah. And, and I think that the Packers, I get he's still there. <laughs> I don't think they're going to be as good as a lot of people do this year. We see that we've said that three straight years. I though. know. Well, I'm two. Did we say three straight years? Yeah. We did. Okay. The first year with the new coaching staff. Oh, no, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. They go thirteen three. Yeah. Well, they're not going to repeat that. And then they repeated it. They go thirteen three. Then last year, well, there's seventeen games. I know they're not going thirteen and three. We were right about that. They go thirteen four. Right. But they didn't go thirteen three. So we were right. We we had that. Uh huh. I, I still I think the answer would be the Vikings. Because of the parity in the NFL. And As the NBA. Said, Cincinnati got there. Yeah. It's so hard to get over the hump in the NBA. Yep. Just now we've seen Milwaukee and Toronto recently. But the West. I mean, it's Phoenix a, and Dallas is on the come, I think. And, but, but they lose Brunson. Yeah, I saw that. Phoenix going to lose Aiton. Yeah, that's a blow in both cases, right? Yeah, how about Sarver? Not, not oh. spending the money, and there's going to be some oh. ugliness that comes out when that story, uh-huh. whenever it's released, it's got to be soon, right? Yeah, all the details mm-hmm. of that. That you continue to hear kind of those murmurs that mm-hmm. when this comes out, it is going to be Reverberate. an absolute bombshell. What's going to happen with the uh, since uh, we're talking about bombshell big stories? Deshaun Watson, uh, his hearing is ongoing. Is he going to play this year? Did you read Florio's article yesterday about this? Is the, the long one? Yes, because he I, thinks that they might get six or eight in the league. May, they may go back to Roger Goodell. Uh-huh. I started to, and it was too long. I clicked on it, and I was getting de- dinner ready for the kids last night, and I never got back to it yep. last night. Same thing. I was like, Whoo, this is an undertaking here, and I didn't get back to it. But what the theory is, and I think what Flory was kind of trying to lay out, and I think he, he also tweeted about it because people were misconstruing what he was saying, is the NFL saying right now, Goodell would probably accept a six or eight right. game suspension. And Florio's argument is look, this is maybe a way to have this arbitrator put something like that out. Where you look at the basis of this and what the NFL has done in the past, you very well can make the argument that Deshaun Watson should not be suspended at all, any games this year. Now, that's his take. I don't agree with I it. I don't either. But 
he is at least laying that out in the legal sense and the way the arbitrator looks at these kind of cases that that could be there. And this is the NFL almost kind of strong arming the arbitrator saying, you got to have something here. Mm -hmm. You can't come back to us and say this deserves nothing because we're going to suspend him. One way or the other. Well, that's the, at least how I I was reading the, it. the the female detective in in Houston that investigated the criminal complaints mm-hmm. was apoplectic that she was not invited to appear before the grand jury. She came out in print mm-hmm. and was quoted as saying, "There is evidence to convict him of a crime, not a, not when a civil lawsuit yeah. to convict him of a crime." We'll see. Anxious to talk to Alyssa Hurdle next. Uh, I really am. Uh, as we kind of, again, we could come up with a Mount Rushmore. Everybody does at this time of year, but we thought we'd, you know, when the opportunity presents itself to bring on, um, you know, sports people from the market that maybe not get the publicity. Although she's been on the station a lot lately. Yeah. I, in fact, I think she joined uh, the Cyclone guys last night. Is that right? Yes. Talking about the haul that the Cyclones oh, continue to get in state. Yeah, so she's she's done a terrific job on the recruiting beat, and I can't think of a. It's easy, to, not easy. That's not true. That's not fair. Easy. It's not easy. You, you cover a team. You cover the team. That roster, yeah. right? Now you're asked to. We're covering build relationships, teams. right? And all of these, yeah, all of these high schools, whether it be basketball and and not just in the state, where, because precisely. I went Iowa State are recruiting out of the state too. Right. Um, that that was a heavy lift for her, and she's done a fantastic job. Look forward to meeting her at least on the radio next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106. Flash free. Welcome back. If you missed it, the keyword uh, in the 10 o'clock hour is grand, grand, kxno.com. Your chance to win $1,000. Another one coming up uh, in the 11 o'clock hour, probably about 11.25. Well, as promised, uh, we are tr- during these, God, air quotes, slow period that we are ongoing now. We're going to introduce you to some of the uh, folks that uh, maybe you've read, maybe you've heard on the radio, seen on TV, but kind of don't know too much about them. Yesterday, Alex Cohen, the voice of the Iowa Cubs. Today, Alyssa Hurdle from the Des Moines Register, who covers, amongst other things, at the paper recruiting. Alyssa, Trent Condon, my name is Ken Miller. How are you? Nice to meet you, Alyssa. Nice to meet you, at least over the radio. Absolutely. So when you got the job, and I'm a, I'm a newspaper, I mean, I love it, right? I long for the, I wish we could go back to where, the days where I would start my coffee and go to my front door and pick up the paper. But I, I sadly, I know those days are, are, are behind us. When I heard you were coming, I read your bio, et cetera. A, you, you immediately got my attention because you love hockey. So you moved way up in my mm-hmm. book. But I thought, man, oh man, this is asking a lot to come from a, you know, not growing up, you're not being, you know, acquainted with the community and to be thrust into the world of recruiting, which I would think you would have to really develop a massive amount of contacts. I thought, boy, oh boy, this is going to be a heavy lift. You have done an incredible job, at least in my opinion. And I think I don't believe I'm alone. How difficult was it for you to come here and pick up the recruiting beat, Alyssa? Oh, well, thank you for that. I mean, it, was, it wasn't it was easy. I don't want to put it that way. Um, I was very fortunate that the person that had my job before me was still here for a little bit, so he was able to kind of help me transition. Um, but it was definitely a lot of hitting the ground running. Uh, I got hired in the middle of football season, so there was definitely no time to kind of get to know the kids around here, the kids on Iowa State and Iowa. 
Um, but it, it certainly made making those contacts really easy because, you know, I, I had no choice but to, to right. go out to football games and then basketball games right away. Alyssa, it's been a, a wild here summer with so many in-state guys having D1 offers. We can see, continue to see the talent pool inside the state of Iowa increase as you've gone through in these decisions. And we've had a lot of head-to-head battles with Iowa and Iowa mm-hmm. State for these guys. Uh, just how... How much more interest there is in the recruiting realm when you have that, when you have the Iowa-Iowa State angle that you can kind of play up when you're writing? Oh, there, there's a ton of interest. And, you know, both fan bases are so passionate, especially mm-hmm. about recruiting. Um, so when it comes down to a Cyhawk battle, you, you know, it's a win-win because I can I can pull in both audiences in terms of reading my articles, but they're interested in these kids that could really go either way. And, and it makes it interesting to kind of see what, the ultimate decision was and what the factors were that played into, you know, these kids picking Iowa state over Iowa or vice versa. Is it easier? Have you found it easier to, um, to get to, I don't know, develop relationships in, in with football or with basketball, with all the AAU out there? I mean, maybe it's easier because there are so many uh, and football doesn't have, they got a couple of seven and seven and some camps like that. Easier to, um, Football, cover football or basketball recruiting? I think I'd say that football is a little bit easier just because there are so many more players that, you know, commit and are getting recruited. So there's always something sort of going on there. Uh, Now, not to say basketball isn't easy. um, And I think I should thank, you know, most of the high school kids in this state have been amazing so far. But football is definitely easier just because of the, the number of players that there are to kind of pick and choose from. Well, I want to get into a couple of the guys. One that made a decision a little bit earlier than the group that we're seeing this summer was J.J. Cole. Had an Iowa offer. Mm-hmm. Florida State was involved early with him. And, of course, ultimately went to Iowa State. Family connection there. He's having a great start to the Elite 11 camp. He was named MVP, in fact, of day one yesterday. Yeah. And there's some big-time names that yeah. I think everybody in college football fandom uh, certainly has heard about here during the recruiting cycle. What you've seen out of J.J. Cole, that decision for him to go with the family connection at Iowa State and what kind of prospect do you see and what you hear when you talk to other people in the recruiting world? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think JJ's a great kid. He's got, you know, for his position, obviously great size at 6'6". He's got a really powerful arm. You know, can, doesn't run the ball very often, but when he needs to, he can't. He can. And, you know, his vision is, is some of the best vision on the field I've ever seen. I mean, he just has a knack for, for getting himself, his teammates out of sticky situations. Um, and, you know, not to bring another guy into to his discussion, but I think him going to Iowa State and, and Jamison Patton mm-hmm. going and, and joining him at Ankeny is, is going to be a huge win for the Cyclones. You know, looking at him recruiting-wise, I, I was telling some other people that he feels a lot like what Brock Purdy did for the program. I feel like J.J. Cole can slide into that position and, you know, keep Iowa State kind of on this path that they've been on. Um, and I think, you know, he has a really high upside, but but clearly he is very good right now, can compete with the best of the best. And, and I'm kind of just excited to see how he grows at the college level. Alyssa Hurdle from the uh, Des Moines Register is our guest. Alyssa, how has, um, well, you, you get that job, you're developing your contacts, you're getting your footing in Des Moines, and then NIL becomes such a big factor uh, in, in the recruiting. How has it or has it changed um, how you've covered recruiting, knowing that you know you might be uh, thinking that you're going to um, 
not maybe break a, break a story that somebody's going here, but then at the last minute, NIL gets in the way. Has it changed the way you, um, you know, you cover recruiting, knowing that that potentially lingers out there? I don't think so, at least not yet. Um, I don't think it's really gotten a full grasp on sort of high school level in Iowa. Um, I, I, I mean, I do think it comes up with players when you talk about someone like Caden Proctor, who's a, a top 10 player in the nation. Um, you know, NIL is something that he's having conversations with schools about. Um, and I, I don't know if it's factoring into like recruiting or talking to certain outlets or that sort of thing, but I've never had a problem sort of, you know, getting a hold of a player being impacted on, you know, what I need to do based on NIL. So hopefully it stays that way, but also, I know that I, I might have to pivot because it's, it's such a, a tricky landscape to kind of navigate. Is that a question that you're asking when you're talking to these recruits? Does NIL ever become part of your conversation with the kids? It has. Um, I think, you know, the way recruiting's going and with the NCAA changing its rules and, and states sort of adding laws about NIL, it's kind of inevitable that it has to come up. Um, and the, the kids I've talked to, you know, it's it's not really a major factor in their decisions. Um, you know, some of these kids understand that they're going to pick a school for the connections rather than the money. And if, if they do things right, money will come later. And there's other kids that, you know, it, it's not a huge draw, but there's also a, a benefit to, say, staying in state with, with Iowa, Iowa State, even you and I or Drake, if you can, you know, make a little extra money on the side rather than, than going out of state to play. Uh, women's basketball in particular uh, continues to grow. And, and it's really, I think, uh, over the last, I don't know, handful, five, six years, uh, the growth has been um, it's been hard to miss it really has so uh, what about uh, covering um, like with I mean Fenley's been there forever right Lisa Bluter's been in Iowa City forever um, are, is is that something that your readers are clamoring more for that yeah don't forget about uh, don't forget about us uh, women's sports uh, you have to not that you have to but do you um, mm-hmm. it seems to be I would think there would be an audience that wants that Oh, absolutely. I mean, fortunately, I have I have coworkers that stick with with Iowa and Iowa State women pretty well. Um, but I'll pick up some some recruiting stuff here and there. And you know, I definitely saw the interest earlier this year. I did a, a story on Jenica Lewis, who will be a freshman at Johnston mm-hmm. come this season. But she's a she had eighteen Division one offers um, before she's even played any high school basketball. And you know, clearly, people were interested in and who is thought to be one of the best, if not the best player in, in the 2026 class. So definitely getting a little ahead of things, but there's a ton of interest in girls basketball in the state. 2026, making That's me feel wild. older and older. Even you as youngster, Alyssa, you've got to be feeling old thinking about the class of 2026. Alyssa Hurdle joining us here from the Des Moines Register. Uh, speaking of basketball, Omaha Blue. I know that's been a, a big conversation piece, certainly here in this state, going back to when he was in junior high and even before he began his career at Dowling before going to Waukee and winning the championship. Sounds like he's coming back, going to go back to Waukee for the season. What can you tell us on his recruitment and what you're hearing about Omaha Blue? Yeah, so I am hearing that he's coming back um, and that his intention is to play for Waukee. Um, I unfortunately haven't heard too much on kind of why he made that decision, um, you know, why he wants to come back and play high school basketball. I mean, he, he clearly has a, a plethora of Division One offers and, and even the potential to go G League for the, the NBA if he wanted to. Um, but I think it's going to make high school basketball very interesting. Um, Price Sanford at Waukee Northwest mm-hmm. kind of emerged as 
the leader in the state last season, at least in terms of the 2023 class. And, you know, the two of them played together on that state championship winning team. So I think it's going to be really interesting to see the two of them play against each other and how that kind of pushes the overall talent level in Iowa um, a little bit more. Because I think, you know, a kid like Omaha doesn't doesn't come around very often, and to, to have him come back and play another season of high school basketball is going to be huge. Mm. Speaking of huge, recruiting continues to, uh, recruiting news continues to build, right? Um, did mm-hmm. you think it was going to be, you know, when you were offered the opportunity to cover recruiting, did you think that it had the potential upside that seemingly you're realizing it does at this point? I think a little bit. I mean, I knew recruiting was kind of a big deal. I, I come from Pennsylvania, so down in the, the Philly area, they have sort of a big recruiting um, mecca there, just with the schools that are in the area. Um, but coming out to Iowa, I wasn't really sure of, you know, the in-state talent level. Like you said, I didn't I didn't know anything about this state. Um, and I've been pleasantly surprised, definitely surprised at just how good the, the players in this state are and, and how many high-level recruits there are, you know, across the state. Alyssa, great to meet you, albeit over the radio. You're doing a terrific job. Thought it was kind of really difficult circumstances you were thrust in, uh, but you have t- just uh, picked up the ball and run with it. Way to go. Uh, nice to meet you, Alyssa. Keep up the good work at the Des Moines Register. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. No, we appreciate it. Alyssa Hurdle from the Des Moines Register. She covers recruiting, amongst other things, at the uh, fine paper. Uh, we will head south, then east. Kansas City with Blair Kirkhoff, Kansas City star. David Kaplan from Chicago will join us at 11.30. Centurion Stone of Iowa sponsors that. Circus going to sponsor Trent's play of the day. Hour two coming up next. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station. 106.3 KXNO.